Φίλε μου, γεια σας. Καλό απόγευμα σε όλους. Τον περασμένο Σεπτέμβριο, μέσα στα πλαίσια ενός project που ονομάζεται Winds of Change, έγινε με ιστιοπλοϊκό γύρω στις Κύπρου από 10 Κύπριους. Η ομάδα αποτελείται από 5 Ελληνοκύπριους και 5 Τουρκοκύπριους. Το όλο project, όπως είπα, ονομάστηκε Winds of Change, άνεμος της αλλαγής. Ε, και σήμερα έχω μαζί μου δύο από τα παιδιά που έλαβαν ε, μέρος τον ε, Ανδριανό Χαραλάμπος ο οποίος είναι εδώ μαζί μου ε, και την ε, Μιλχάν η οποία βρίσκεται μέσω διαδικτύου ε, λόγω κάποιου προβλήματος τεχνικού που προέκυψε την τελευταία στιγμή η Μιλχάν είναι τουρκοκυπρία και ε, δεν μιλάει ελληνικά, οπότε θα κάνουμε τη συζήτηση σήμερα στα αγγλικά. So, Nilhan, welcome again. Thank you. Andrianos, uh, welcome as well. Uh, so, I, I made a short introduction in uh, Greek, explaining what we're going to discuss about. And... Um, I would like to start with you, since you are uh, uh, not here. It's not your fault. <laughs> and, uh, no problem. Can you tell us who is Nilhan? A little bit of your background. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, Nilhan, I mean, I'll start with my profession because it's the easiest icebreaker to start with, but there is more to that, of course. I'm a pharmacist by profession. I'm currently practicing as a sports pharmacist, working with athletes and teams for their health performance and also protecting clean sports through anti-doping measures. Uh, on the flip side, I'm also an amateur athlete myself, a sailor, kite surfer and runner. So I'm very passionate about sports. So tell us, tell us how, how did you find about this wind of change program? It's my turn now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Start. Okay. Start. Okay, sure. So um, I was trying to tell that I'm also like an amateur sailor. So I was looking for a crew to sail actually in Cyprus. And I was looking at north, south, any clubs that I can sail with. And during my research, I found out Winds of Change Instagram account. And it, It was just launched, I guess. There were few followers, not many posts. I found it very interesting. The name struck me. I got curious about it. And then I uh, also saw Sofia. Is it, Sofia is the founder of the project. So mm. I started getting to know her, stalking her a little bit online. And I realized she's a medical doctor. She's a sailor herself, Olympian, so many common points. So I decided to follow her, also the project. But to me, in the beginning, the purpose of the project was not very clear because the moment I discovered, it was just launched. After a while, uh, we decided to meet with Sofia, just be friends and make connections because of lots of common, common points. And she told more about the project to me. In the initial phase, I uh, wanted to volunteer to support her launching the project. Uh, trying to help her in some different areas. Even though I'm a sailor, my goal was to contribute to such an important initiative. But as I get more involved, and also Sofia uh, increased the age limit because I was above the age limit <laughs> for the people that could join. So uh, she increased the age limit and I was uh, eligible to apply for the project. So I tried my chance and I got involved. And of course, when you get in, involved in a project and uh, you experience it, uh, the moment you start and how you see things change. So within the project, I realize it's beyond uh, just sailing and it's a way for me to contribute to the island because this island gave me so much. So doing this through sports was extremely uh, interesting and exciting for me. So it was a perfect combination uh, to mm -hmm. make new friends, so, to sail around the uh, island, but also get mm -hmm. to know people more. Milhan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where were you born? Uh, 
Sure. How old are you? <laughs> I was born and raised in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, my father is Turkish-speaking Cypriot. My mother is from Turkey in the uh, north part of Turkey. And uh, I was born and raised in Istanbul, uh, lived most of my life there. And for me, Cyprus was a place where we visit to see our family most of the time. And my father And left Cyprus. On, on vacations? On holidays? Mostly for holidays, vacations and family visits and some family occasions. And uh, my father left Cyprus for studying university. Uh, so he was he also left the island around the age of 20-25 to study. So uh, with the pandemic, actually, uh, first my parents came because it was safer to be in the island because it was more protected, I guess, compared to, to Turkey. And back then I was living in the Netherlands for my previous work. So we were able to work remotely. So I wanted to spend some time in the island while, while we were being able to work remotely. And I came for just a month, but then I stayed. This is my third year now. <laughs> I decided to move. I, they always tell me, like, you, you once come and there is no return. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think the island just got me. I just wanted to be here, exist here. And, of course, uh, the the major contribution uh, that Winds of Change have provided to me is to understand the island and the situations from an objective point of view through sports. Uh, as I mentioned, I came this island and my life has significantly improved and changed in many areas. So I thought if there is an opportunity for me to give back to this island, I'll try and take all the chances. And Winds of Change was one of them. And It uh, matches my personality, my uh, philosophies, and many things. So uh, it's like a, a lifetime uh, event experience. Yes. Uh, you are, where does your father come from? From what part of Cyprus? He was, uh, he was born in Nicosia. Uh, I guess the neighborhood is called Aya Andrea. But correct me if I'm wrong. Ayos Andreas, yes. Ayos Andreas, Ayos. yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So mm -hmm. uh, that's where he was born. We actually visited his uh, home um, we, on, on food when we crossed the border. And then he grew up in Nicosia as well. But of course, he uh, crossed the border <laughs> where he grew so, up. But uh, he is from Nicosia. You grew up in Istanbul, right? So uh, I did. Yeah. Um, were you aware or informed about the Cyprus problem and the uh, division that exists on the island? I mean, did you have any idea? And also, did mm -hmm. you know any, did, did you get to meet any Greek Cypriots or mm -hmm. you met them when you came here? Um, when I was studying as a pharmacist, uh, pharmacist student, sorry, I was very active in European organizations. Uh, through my university and there I met Greek and Cypriot friends and the first time my the first time I actually traveled abroad was to Greece and there where I met my Greek and Cypriot friends obviously we got on very well they are my lifetime friends now and then uh, you know you are always through education or uh, my my family was not um promoting some hate thoughts to me never but you know i was born mm -hmm. and raised in turkey and we have a certain education there so i didn't have my own opinion and when i returned back home from my trip to greece i asked my father could you educate me because i think i have some uh thoughts that doesn't belong to me so he educated me as I start to make more Greek and Cypriot friends so I could have more uh, an objective point of view, my, my point of view. So as I had more dialogues, get to know more friends, different point of views, I developed my own objective point of view. And yes, I, had a, uh, I have a very good uh, Greek Cypriot pharmacist friend. And the first time actually I visited uh, Limassol and some, somewhere beyond Nicosia was Limassol for his wedding and I was in a very special and authentic Cypriot wedding where I was amazed by the tradition and things that we have 
so many things that we have in common, even sometimes with the Turkish culture as well. So I felt like home. Mm -hmm. So let me um, put Andrianos in our talk as well. Uh, Andrianos, we were talking before, but I will ask you again because we had this interruption. Uh, what was your, your experience with interaction with Turkish Cypriots so far? Not only in this project, but generally before engaging in this, did you have any friends? Uh, did you visit uh, Occupied Park? What was your experience? Uh, first time I visited uh, Northern Cyprus, uh, the north part of the island, was in 2004, like a few... 2004? I was 14 then. Ah. Uh, and my family was one of those families that were on the line on the first day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not go. Of course, they, they had their reasons to be cautious uh, at the time. But when they did cross and uh, they saw that there's nothing to be afraid of, mm -hmm. uh, my father took the, uh, the initiative to take me and my uh, older brother with him. Uh, so my first experience was very early on uh, after the checkpoints opened. Uh, and I kept going. I actually studied for a couple of years at school, uh, Turkish. Really? Uh, I was a really good student back then. I could, oh. actually, I could actually communicate in Turkish, even though my, my Turkish Cypriot friends were making fun of me because I was... <laughs> I had the same That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. That's a lie. We never make fun. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I forgot most of it, uh, because when we... Is it, is it an easy language or is, is it very easy language? Is that an easy language? It sounds difficult. <laughs> it might sound difficult, but it's, it's a very modern language. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, we have many, many... Many common, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. It's as soon as you get the point of how it works, Mm -hmm. uh, the, technica the technicalities of the language. Okay. Really, really okay. All right. So, um, does, uh, does your father know Greek or do you know Greek words or uh, can you communicate? Uh, I, I cannot have a conversation, but obviously I can say Yasu, Yasa, Skalinita, Kalimera. Uh, like greeting words or just words to start the conversation, but I don't, I'm not fluent. My father is not fluent either, but obviously he knows a few words. And yeah. I also get to know a few words when I have uh, Greek and Greek speaking Cypriot friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not fluent, but that's my goal. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn uh, to speak Greek because I want to continue living in this island. It's a must. <laughs> Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I, I started talking uh, with Andrianos about the, mm -hmm. the, this team building process. I'm, I'm very much mm -hmm. curious about this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you have 10, 10 people that are not known to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, how, how did this... Um, Let's repeat what we said before, now that we are back online, so that Nilhan can uh, hear us as well. So, Nilhan, how did it start? What, what, how, how did it happen? So, it was, uh, as, we, as we both mentioned, it was initiated by, by Sofia Mihalopoulos. She came up with the idea. Uh, she managed to, uh, uh, to present the project through the IOC young leaders and she implemented the whole project still, which is still ongoing, like we're in mm -hmm. phase four. Uh, nothing has ended yet. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a documentary at the end of this. Yes. yes. Uh, everything has been recorded mm -hmm. from phase one to phase three. Phase four is uh, outreach. Uh, and we're looking forward to present the, the documentary. Uh, in an occasion connected to the Paris Olympics. Mm -hmm. So it, it did start with an open application and both myself and Milan were below, <laughs> above the age limit. Uh, but thankfully, <laughs> the age limit was 18 to... Uh, was it 18 or was it 16? 18 to 30, if 18 I remember. To, to 30, it, yes. First time it was 18, 18 to 30. To 30. Okay, and you are 34, 33 and she's 30, yes. Yes. 34. Okay, 
So we were we were both the people that said, okay, we can support, mm -hmm. but yeah, yes, why not apply? You know, you never know what happens. Yes, uh, and we met on. Uh, and the team building phase. Mm -hmm. And Ilhan, Andrianos told us before that the team building phase took place in Bladres, right? Yes, yes. So can you tell us what what did it involve? How how does this happen? What did you mm -hmm. do? Mm -hmm. Ten people mm -hmm. unknown to each other so that you become obviously friends and then you become teammates because yeah. you needed to work together for the sailing, right? Yes. So, uh, there was Ivani as well. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> Actually, yeah. of course, that's a sporting event. So, I mean, we managed to build uh, connections with less with Zvania. This was more like literally team building. It's a sporting event, so I want to mention this. But anyway, as I joke, um, that this was a very, ch I mean, I think now looking back, I realize how challenging the goal was. And I just wanted to congratulate Sofia for designing everything. We were participants, players of this game, but there was so much thing, so many things that she has to think and plan and organize, not on her own, but she was leading most of the things with a great supporting team. But looking back, as you explained, people that don't know each other have a short time to, to for team building. And then we also have a sailing training and then we get on the boat and sail around the island. The, everything was very fast paced, to be honest. And um, in Trodos, we, we didn't have, uh, of course, we have been informed, but we didn't have all the details, obviously, because that's part of the uh, planning and training and so some things were um, I don't want to say call them a surprise but unexpected and as I was going to Trodos I thought we probably have some like education about sailing but then when we were there everything was about challenging ourselves uh, getting to know ourselves better everyone was challenged um, I think the task was to be challenged so that you open up and through that vulnerability, people can get to know each other a little bit better, like understanding our limits and can we go beyond them? Because we had a, uh, uh, we had our facilitator, Michael, and a few other uh, facilitators uh, from both Greek-speaking and Turkish-speaking sites. Uh, it was very challenging. I felt like emotionally drained, but then it's an empowering activity in the end. So that was very, I think the theme of the first phase was vulnerability. So mm -hmm. that we got to okay. new, new, know each other. So, uh, okay, Andrianos, this challenging phase that Han mentioned and uh, opening up, it did involve uh, like discussing the Cyprus problem, or it was only personal things? I mean, did you hold discussions between you or the members as a team and talked about personal stuff? How was it? We did not. Like, uh, Nilan, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember any occasion about discussing oh. I, uh, secret issues. I can add one thing, like nothing directly political, but when you open up, I think you talk about your traumas and people who were born and raised in this island had some very recent trauma because of what has happened in their islands. They become refugees, for example, they migrated or they lost family members, many, many situations. But the point was not to discuss this, but these are traumas that people are carrying in this island. So, of course, uh, when these were being shared, everybody shared their own own experience. And as someone who hasn't born and raised in this island, to me, those are really interesting experiences to listen all of this from firsthand, uh, personal experiences from all aspects and all perspectives. That was They were really valuable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it, it certainly came up at some moment, exactly, because mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a part of every and each one of us. And yes. we experience it in different ways, and it comes out in different ways. And then this actually signifies 
um, our character and how we react uh, and challenges. Mm -hmm. and of course, the context was a context that would bring this up. Mm -hmm. But it was mainly about building the team towards our mm -hmm. common target. And after this phase, then you went to the training phase to become mm -hmm. sailors. And where did the training take place? Uh, it began in Paralimni, uh, Begafico. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had uh, uh, the initiative phase. Uh, we went on uh, small boats, catamaran, and uh, <laughs> what was the other one called? Uh, the Sorry, why? Why? Optimist. Optimist and catamarans, yes, little catamarans. And of course, Milan went on the race. It looked very scary, so I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Which But one? Yeah, we all love it. It's a, it's a type of it is, it is a very speedy boat. It, it's very sporty. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it looked quite. Uh, How many days was the training? How many? Two weeks. 14 days? It was 14 Two weeks. days. Yes, and we had a uh, very small cabin. And, and Nilhan, during the training, you were coming and going back home, or you stayed somewhere in a hostel, or all, all the team, all of you? We, we stayed together in a nearby location, and then uh, we had part of the training in Paralimne, and then part of the training in Karpoziaria. Oh, okay. So, um, how was the training for you? you, you you told me you had prior experience as a sailor, right? Yes. So it was easy? Uh, um, I cannot call it easy because the goal for me, the I think uh, it was easy for me compared to other colleagues, friends, team members, sorry. Because with my prior sailing knowledge, my goal was to become a team and to, to, to work in harmony in the boat and have a, have a conversation. All of us have different personalities. To be honest, everyone has a different personality. I don't think anyone is similar in the team. I think Sofia had, did a really great job there. It's like a rainbow of people with from all colors and backgrounds. And my goal was to be on the boat and be a team and listen to the captain and uh, observe what can we do? But other members of the team, uh, most of them uh, didn't have prior uh, sailing knowledge. Some of them did. Uh, so if I would be in their position, I would find it a little bit more challenging. But through this challenge, we built really good communication skills in such a short time because being on the boat is not no easy. Uh, sometimes you have a challenging moment that you have to solve, listen to the captain and work as a team. So it was fun, not hard. Mm -hmm. So the, this uh, boat is wind-driven, right? It doesn't have any yeah. uh, mechanical... Uh, it does. Uh, yeah, it does have a mechanical support. It's uh, primarily, it uses the wind to, yeah. to sail. So was the training, did the training involve uh, like lessons about the wind, uh, how you utilize the wind while sailing uh, and other uh, tricks of the profession. Uh, in, in, uh, we have Christopher to thank for the theory, the lessons on theory. Who's um, Christopher? Christopher is Sofia's brother. He's also ah, okay. Uh, and he's uh, again a very, he's a skipper, he's a very experienced sailor uh, and he's a trainer as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and he managed in a very short time uh, to teach us all that we needed uh, to complete successfully, mm -hmm. thankfully, uh, this trip. And then in practice, we um, we yeah we put everything in practice, and we saw how yeah how the sails should be positioned so we have can have speed, how we can turn, how can we signal to other ships, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Um, Nilhan, who was cooking on the boat i mean how how were you eating we had a um we had shifts and uh, one group was we had six hours shifts and we were two groups on the boat we were not on the same shift with andriana on the boat we were on the boat together and um, you slept on the boat right and it has place to yeah, it has uh, rooms uh, that we have we shared with uh, in t in two groups. So 
the person who finishes the shift prepares either breakfast or uh, the lunch or the dinner. So we were always exchanging shifts and cooking in, in groups. Andrea, I, I was really lucky <laughs> that Andriana was on the boat. He's a great cook. He did really good dishes for us. Um, we didn't have any problems about the food. We always okay. had uh, so good nutrition. You, what was the menu? What were you cooking? <laughs> I seriously cooking can't up? remember. I mean, you can cook anything or you have a specific, uh, like, dry foods? Uh, is there, um, like, a protocol that you need to follow in such uh, events? or? Of course, because we we didn't know the exact uh, duration of the project, uh, we had to take, yes, dry food with us, canned food and okay. so on. You didn't, I mean, wasn't it known in advance that it would take four days? Uh, we could only speculate. Speculate. Uh, mm -hmm. So we knew the weather, mm -hmm. uh, how it would go, uh, but we didn't know what challenges we would, would face. Mm -hmm. We would face, and we didn't know if the wind would change. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot know everything. Uh, first, we had to prepare for every scenario. Okay, and you were uh, in shifts of five people or six. How? So it's something that we didn't mention in the beginning when we went uh, for the team building. Uh, the idea was to be six people, like six people would be chosen out of the 10 uh, to to be on the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, but because it has been so difficult to choose between uh, the, um, the participants, Sofia took a very brave uh, step and uh, she asked us if if it's possible for everyone to go on and we would find a second boat, which uh, she did find mm -hmm. a second boat. Uh, the, the, let's not get into this. It's so complicated. Like okay. so many phases, so many, so many different challenges, mm -hmm. uh, so many things to choose, to think upon, and so on. So we ended up being two teams on the same boat. Uh, one team uh, was taking a shift, and one uh, was getting a rest. And mm -hmm. so uh, we all did our part. Ilhan, when when this thing started on the on the first minute. Mm -hmm. What did you feel? How? What was the the energy with the the members, with the teammates, with you? What, what were you thinking about? Uh, the moment we got on the boat, I felt we are. I mean, I felt like I'm going to an excursion and I'm going to discover a new land or something. That was the feeling. I was very excited to be on the boat, and lots of unknowns, of course. We ha we organized and uh, planned off most of the things, but you are on the sea. There is always unexpected, unanticipated things. So to me, it was I felt like a discoverer. <laughs> Drianos, the same the same question to you. How was the the feeling? What was the energy there In, when you started? When the whole thing. Well, I, I tend to overthink things, so uh, I went on the boat prepared for uh, for everything. So um, I also I'm also experienced uh, athlete. Mm -hmm. I did decathlon in the past, and uh, mm. I, I have to go back into training to, <laughs> to run my next marathon. Uh, I finished two so far, but it has been a few years. Which marathon did you run? Uh, it was one in uh, Cyprus and one in Athens. Okay. Uh, 2015. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, I went on, on the boat prepared uh, for anything to help the team, mm -hmm. whatever was needed. Okay. Uh, so, you, you start from Larnaca, you go to uh, Famagusta, Carpasia, uh, okay. or, or all the other way around. You went to. And Ilhan, tell us what was the route to Limassol? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to, from Larnaca to Limassol, uh, Limassol, sorry, to Paphos, and then Lachi. And mm -hmm. we stopped in Lachi because we were two, two different crews. And mm -hmm. one crew, part, half of the crew, uh, sailed from Larnaca to Lachi. And in Lachi, we stopped, and then the, the, there was a crew change. And me, Andrianos, and other crew members on our crew got on the boat. From Lachi, we continued to Omorfo, uh, Güzelyurt, and then Keirinia, Girne, 
and then Carpazia, and then Famagusta, and all the way back to Larnaca. Mm -hmm. And um, while you were doing the, the trip and the sale, were there any unforeseen problems, like technical things, or with the sea, the wind, or did everything go as planned? Uh, the only uh, unfortunate part was wind was not very strong. So uh, we partially sailed and sometimes we had to start the engine. Uh, but that was the only unfortunate situation. We enjoyed uh, going around the island. We didn't have uh, major events. So how did you spend your time on the boat, Andrianos? Like on, on, on the time that there was no work to do, what were you doing? Well, there, there is a lot of thinking to do. Actually, it was... Thinking or things to do? Mostly thinking. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Nilan mentioned, uh, we, don't have, we didn't have uh, strong winds. Mm -hmm. So I was actually looking forward for some bad weather. The kind we see in movies. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did sail and um, uh, late at night, at one night, we didn't have enough uh, wind, so we had to to start the engine for some time. Uh, but you, you asked for the wind and what did we learn about yes. the wind? And we found ourselves three days in the training, uh, Kulia, which is also uh, she's 19 now. Uh, she's uh, an experienced uh, windsurfer. Mm -hmm. uh, and she started coming up with the roots. And we joined, everyone joined. Gurtal uh, as well. Uh, he has some sailing experience. And we said, okay, we should go this way upwind, like towards mm -hmm. uh, the wind uh, in the beginning mm -hmm. uh, when we would be uh, relaxed and not tired. Mm -hmm. And then we would go. On the on the section between Libera and Carpaz, mm -hmm. uh, which the, the wind will push us, okay. so it wouldn't be very tiring. This line was very easy to to pull off, mm -hmm. uh, no turns, so it was just a straight line. Okay. Uh, so except of cleaning and cooking and so on, uh, we were staring at the horizon, <laughs> enjoying the view of the sea and Cyprus, up in the Lastilas Mountains, uh, and did some talking and thinking. Yeah. Milhan, uh, was there any, like an escort, uh, if something happened, like doctors or anything with the boat, or you were alone? We were alone, and we had our doctor on the boat. Sophia is a medical doctor, and of course, I'm a pharmacist, and we had our medical kit. So, also, we also had uh, experienced skippers on the boat, in addition to uh, Sophia. Sophia is also a skipper. We have Christopher and we have Nigel. So we had three skippers who were leading the journey. And uh, they are, have uh, trainings and education in first aid. So we didn't have any events, anything, I think. I mean, we, we had a very safe and uh, non-eventful journey. We were counting uh, the... Sorry, we were guessing what's the shape of the clouds after some point because <laughs> the the speed was too low, so we were not going as fast as possible. So we spent like a lot of time in a, a single spot that we discovered all the hills and the clouds and everything. But of course, uh, we were doing the shifts. So when the other team is not on, not on the shift, that team is resting because. Uh, I think Andrianos was on the unhumanly hour shift. Unfortunately, they were doing the shift in the night. What was I'm a bartender, I can't take it. It's okay for you. Actually, it's okay. Your phones, could you connect to the internet and talk to your friends, relatives, or not? No, phones were about photography on the boat. We didn't have. Like you were isolated for. The whole thing. Um, yes, but it was not that long. Like yes. we enjoyed most of the yes, yes, yes. part not being able to communicate with the okay. inner world. <laughs> we were the outer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Nilhan, when when the, uh, this thing uh, came to an end and you came back to Larnaca, mm -hmm. 
Um, did, did you feel the same about the people, about the teammates? Did you feel the same way or was really a new connection, a new bond mm -hmm. between you? I mean, did, did this teamwork thing, thing really worked? Uh, it did, uh, because also uh, there was this moment where uh, around, I think, Larnaca, uh, sorry, not Larnaca, in Paralimni, nearby Paralimni, we, where we actually practice nearby Vega Figo Sailing Club, uh, the crew who left in Lachi got on the boat. So we were able to arrive to Larnaca as the full crew, all the members of the crew. So us getting together was really exciting. And uh, we felt very proud, very bonded. And we sailed from Paralimni to Larnaca together. And that's what we were hoping for, but in the end, for the whole journey, but even for the short leg, we experienced that. It was a very proud moment. And uh, we had a um, water show when we arrived to Larnaca. That was a surprise to us. And uh, we we really felt proud and happy and lots of feelings. It was like a roller coaster to me, and lots of emotions as we arrived. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we have we yeah. are lifetime friends now, in my opinion, all of us. Yeah. Do, do you still have uh, talk to these people? Do you have uh, communication and everything? Of course, of course, mm -hmm. of course. We are we are lifetime friends. Some of us. Uh, have shared different things like I have a kite surfer friend sometimes we are we manage to do sports together so different connections occurred after the event as well there is a friend uh, Melek Kaptanoglu yes. that yes. he's sending his greetings and he says yes we are supporting uh, and we are family um, she and she was part of the team. Hi, Melek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Yannis as well. Yannis Minas. Yannis. He's also part of the team. Yes. Uh, Andriane, one of the reasons that of this project was to... One of the problems that this project tried to solve is the lack of interaction and the lack of communication between the communities in Cyprus. Um, so first of all, do you feel that there is lack of interaction? Definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. We should and we could have had more, more communication, much more communication. Why? Why can't we do it? Why? Because we don't get the incentives to do so. And Nilan mentioned uh, uh, the system, the education system and how it actually puts us apart rather than so we can see it. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been uh, part of many initiatives that we're trying to um, make serious efforts to bring young people together throughout the island, not only young people, but people, Cypriots, uh, together and communicate. Hade is one of them. Mm -hmm. Hade has been now a great, uh, a great job mm -hmm. bringing people together to communicate and discuss. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are initiatives that have been initiated by Cypriot citizens, by the civil society, and not by the states or not officially. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this was one more. And this actually had one more element, which is very, very important, which is setting a common goal together mm -hmm. that see, might seem impossible because no one did sail around the island before. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, so it was very, very important to show that together uh, with the agenda of a common goal, which is based mm -hmm. on sports. We can do this, mm -hmm. and I've also been in part uh, a part of the Cyprus Coastline Hikers, which we did hike, we did walk around the island a few years back really? as a boat by a community. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is something that boosts uh, the message mm -hmm. that connected together we can mm -hmm. uh, escape every challenge. So, Nilhan, what's your take on this? What What do you think about? Do Do you believe that there is lack of interaction and that? There could be, we could be more in communication, the two communities. And also, let me ask you, do, do you feel Cypriot, given that you were born in Istanbul and you had a different... Uh, that's, that's, 
I'll, I'll start with your latest question. That's what I was trying to say. The first moment we connected and, and sometimes somehow the, the connection went off. I've, I always felt more Mediterranean uh, than, I, I don't know. I always felt a good connection whenever I was coming to travel here or maybe the family members that I have here, I have a different bond, bond and connection. And that's the reason that I had a, a job in the Netherlands and a life I decided to suddenly change and move here. Uh, it's a feeling that I, it's hard to explain, although I spent most of my life in another country. I, I, I feel separate, but there are so many things to learn uh, about the island, about the culture. So I'm a separate in training. <laughs> and, and Sofia is sending us uh, her love from Zurich proud of you she says thank you Sofia and congratulations to Sofia for this uh, great initiative and I hope that we get the chance to to have her as a guest uh, sometime when she comes to Cyprus so uh, thank you so much um, and uh, Nilhan, about the, the other aspect, about the interaction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. between the yes. two communities, what do you think about that? This is my first bicommunal project. I haven't been involved in other projects before, uh, obviously. And to me, I, the, through Winds of Change, I also discovered about the other initiatives and uh, they are really good bringing people together. Uh, but sports is, is always unique. I think from this is my subjective point of view, creating this kind of different platforms uh, by changing the perspective or changing the goal, because the problem is the same. And if you try to solve the problem with the same things, it, it doesn't work. It never works. So if you change the path, the perspective, the goal, uh, if you crack, it's like you know, in our bodies, if we if you do things, your nerve becomes a line, it becomes a connection, and then it becomes a habit. So if we apply the same in our lives, try to connect, build different connections, I think we can make uh, progress from a different point of view. This is how I felt. I also had my own worries about, you know, I mean, there is the goal, but uh, would there be any political issues that I cannot maybe co contribute to because I never was born and raised in, in this island, so I had my own concerns. Would I be the weirdo person <laughs> in the team? But I never felt that way. And maybe being a bit more objective in the situation uh, helps me to understand uh, and have my own uh, point of view. Uh, mm -hmm. This is the success, one of the successful outcomes of this project. The goal was sports mm -hmm. and it brought us together and that's already mm -hmm. a good success. Andrea, the, 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 the lack of interaction, uh, one of the consequences is that it's not possible to cultivate and share a common vision mm -hmm. as well with the other community. I mean, we are two parallel worlds in, in such a small island for so many years and um, do you think that this type of, of projects and this type of uh, activities can help create a common vision and on the boat did you discuss things about your future the future of cyprus mm -hmm. whether how things could be if the island is reunited, how how this will mm -hmm. help people? I actually believe it's a, it's a it's a kind of misconception that we are with two parallel worlds because exactly we we live on the same island, mm -hmm. uh, and the context is more or less the same. Uh, definitely, Greek Cypriots have less challenges to face than Turkish Cypriots mm -hmm. uh, because living in a, on a European state, uh, everything. When you talk to Turkish Cypriots, it looks like everything is going for you. Uh, but other than that, uh, issues that we've discussed, uh, societal issues, and of course the trauma that we have to face uh, because of the conflict, and how 
governments or so-called governments react on each side and, uh, and the challenges that we have to face with inflation uh, and uh, the jobs we can um, work in Cyprus or going abroad, of course, something that comes up very often between young people in Cyprus is migration. Mm-hmm. Ourselves going out of the island, not, not other people coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and of course, yes, it came up that several times when we come together, uh, common teams, uh, it always comes up that this this land, this island, Cyprus can be very, very, so much better mm-hmm. uh, if the issue is solved and uh, we all live together and we can face the same challenges mm-hmm. on the same side, not from one side or the other, because mm-hmm. it's common challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can overcome them as we did mm-hmm. sail around the island. Mirhan, um, can I ask you this in, in your uh in your circles where you live in the professional circle or with your mm-hmm. friends, do, do mm-hmm. you discuss the Cyprus issue? Is it something that you discuss daily, for example, the fact mm-hmm. that the island is divided, that we need to find a solution? Or is it something that it's not uh, uh, in your daily discussions or agenda? It is, uh, but sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, uh, because of uh, the status of the northern part, uh, we have ac- less access to many things, <laughs> sometimes internet, sometimes uh, electricity. I mean, of course, we don't live in a, in a cave, but we have some issues. And this our economy or the inflation rate, education, politics, like there are things that have influence in our daily lives. And when this influences hurts you in some way, then uh, it becomes a topic. And then you realize uh, that you're missing out on some of the things and that this could be different and it could be even better uh, because it's such a beautiful and nice island with great people. So that has comes to the table uh, when you have an influence in your daily life. But this is my point of view. Uh, maybe other mm-hmm. people will have different influences. Something that came up very often was the environmental issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it, it's even more clear at, the, at that point that you cannot have environmental policy in Paphos and not have an environmental policy okay. in, uh, in Morfo, mm-hmm. Morfo uh, or have an environmental policy in Carpaz and not have mm-hmm. one in Paralim. It's a two-speed uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So it, it is one issue that has to be solved because it's such a small place and mm-hmm. it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a very good example of a challenge. Andrianos, the same question to you. You are a young person. In your, uh, with your friends and everything, do, do you discuss the Cyprus problem every day? Is it something that is on your uh, hmm. list, uh, on your agenda? Well, uh, I wouldn't take myself as an example on that because I, I, I do actually, it, it comes up, I would say they yes. Uh, and being a person that lives, was born and uh, raised in Nicosia, I've been very active in the, in the historical center. Uh, within the Gulf Nicosia, I'm always next to the checkpoint, mm-hmm. uh, next to the green line, the buffer zone. Uh, has so many names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it touches me a lot. Uh, I, I live every day through the thought of how be- how can, could be so much better mm-hmm. if this was not an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, it, it always comes up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I'm part of the majority out there. You don't think? Mm-hmm. So you think the average Greek Cypriot has not uh, on his agenda, on his hair agenda? The, it even the, depends on the regions. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't expect any person in Limassol to come in a discussion every day about the Cypriot issue, mm-hmm. or a young person in Paphos or Larnaca. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's so much more prominent in Kosia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we have so many other things uh, going on. Uh, the perception that I share with friends uh, that everything is connected, education, financial issues, and uh, so, so the environmental issues are so much connected to, mm-hmm. the, to the Cyprus problem, mm-hmm. to the Cyprus question. 
but I don't expect everyone to share this view. Yeah. You know, Nilhan, uh, I grew up in the period that it was not possible to for each side to visit each other. Uh, the line, as you know, mm -hmm. opened in 2003. And the first mm -hmm. time I had interactions or I met a Turkish Cypriot when I was when I went to the university in the UK and there were mm -hmm. some uh, Turkish Cypriots from Nicosia, they are studying as well. And what struck me was as, as very stupid and unreasonable was the fact that we could meet thousands of miles yeah. away from our island in England, but in mm -hmm. Cyprus we couldn't mm -hmm. meet in 1995, 1996. Mm -hmm. It was impossible. Um, so things have changed now. There is freedom of movement. Do you mm -hmm. come to uh, the part, uh, the southern part of Cyprus in the Republic of Cyprus? Do you, do you visit? Do you have friends here? And if yes, how, do you see any differences between the two sides? Uh, I, I do visit, uh, sometimes for work, sometimes for leisure, leisure and uh, for sports as well. Uh, because I, What I'm sports? a kite surfer. Kite surfing. Uh -huh. I'm 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 a kite surfer. So time to time I come to Larnaca, Limassol to surf. Uh, when and there are good winds, we really enjoy coming. It's like a little holiday <laughs> for us. <laughs> and when there are nice concerts and uh, some things, um, as, there is a major difference uh, in many aspects. In what and way? I mean, what, what would be the, the the principal three differences that um, access to things in general, like having access to, mm -hmm. I don't know, for some people, they have kids that are receiving their education, access to jobs, access to goods, materials that usually don't have here. Uh, it, it changed, but the, the main word is access. And uh, things, some things that are more developed, obviously, because uh, there is the European Union aspect. Even the roads are really good. <laughs> I mean, in simplicity, that is really good. And um, other than that, I think, of course, maybe because it's uh, more European parts, uh, it's more, there are people with different backgrounds and coming from different countries. So it's a little bit more international. Uh, that's how I experience it. Uh, that's my yeah. perspective. So those are the main three differences. But, you know, there are parts of Cyprus, like, for example, if you go to Limassol, it's like going to another country. So uh, we, we have the, the same situation in Trikomo. Yeah. Every time I go to Limassol, I think I am somewhere else. I don't know if you have this. Uh, Milan just mentioned that there are examples in North as well, like Trigomo. We've seen how yeah. it's being developed. So, what's your take when you go on, on the north part? What What are the differences that you that you notice? Well, it's been so many years. I've been. Uh, I, I I agreed with myself and some a uh, few more friends to. Uh, not think about differences uh, ah, similarities okay. because it's, it's a common island mm -hmm. uh, and when we spend time with our friends on our island it's it's one island it's one mm -hmm. people and uh, not many differences except of technicalities and I think mm -hmm. Milan has covered <laughs> that issue. Milan, sh should we be uh, optimistic about the future of Cyprus? I think we should be. Uh, I really hope uh, our generation will at least achieve uh, a, a progress uh, so that we can at least move, move. we can move basically uh, from some of the, the bottlenecks finally. I have hope because uh, the generation is changing, the expectations are changing. 
the world is changing, so uh, we have to change. And this doesn't work for what future is bringing for us. So if we don't want to become an outdated society in many ways, we have to overcome this. Uh, otherwise, we may be in trouble as a, as a society. It's for development and the welfare of uh, Cypriots, in my opinion. That's how I see mm -hmm. as a healthcare professional. <laughs> mm -hmm. Andrea knows. Well, <laughs> um, there is hope. There is hope. Uh, because if there was no hope, uh, why even try? Mm -hmm. So even even in sometimes it feels that we're kind of pushing it a little bit, like uh, we're trying to get hope out of almost nothing. Mm -hmm. it, it's a bleak mm -hmm. environment right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we've said many times this is our last chance. Uh, I've been I've been politically active since I was 14. Mm -hmm. uh, an unplanned was something I did I did study when I was 14, uh, and I had my own views on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and every time that uh, another opportunity comes up, uh, two more leaders goes on discussion and they come back empty-handed. Uh, of course, hope is damaged, mm -hmm. but there is still uh, hope, and of course. Those initiatives and other initiatives that are ongoing right now, many other initiatives within civil society, uh, are the ones that keep the flame alive. Yeah, I, I think that for things to change, we need to wait till generations change. Hmm. The people that handled the Cyprus problem so far are people in their 70s, in their 80s, in their 60s. It's the generations that lived before 1960. They mm -hmm. lived the war in 1974. And they have a totally different perspective. People in your age and Han's age that were born after 1974 mm -hmm. and um, did not live through the difficult years, and I would say till 1990. It was a very hard transitional period of Cyprus for both sides, I guess. So uh, my, my only hope is that when generations change, the mentality will change the approach and something may happen there. Otherwise, I don't see uh, any light with the current Mm -hmm. Current uh, the, the people that are handling the matter, I'm, and I'm not talking about persons. I'm talking about the culture of the people that that govern uh, in all Greece, Turkey, uh, Greek Cypriot community, and the Turkish Cypriot community. Well, um, it it is still connected. Uh, it is very important, first of all, for our generation to learn about what happened in the past, mm -hmm. not in the way we have been learning so far. Mm -hmm. uh, so have a proper, um, have the proper information mm -hmm. about what happened mm -hmm. uh, in, in order to come together, conciliate, communicate with each other, see what our future lies, how it lies uh, in front of us and uh, how we can communicate and, uh, and avoid um, mistakes that others did in the past and uh, still affect us until mm -hmm. today it is very important to know uh, and what is going on right now again with education that is mm -hmm. uh, giving us the education of what happened mm -hmm. the information of what happened yeah. uh, is something that does not help our generation to go forward like if the generations change and our mindset stays as it is the same then it's yes yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Nilhan, my final question is, uh, do you have any plans to be involved in politics or anything, or you, you will remain in pharmacy and in sports? I'm involved in pharmacy politics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a political way to say it. What is I the mean, price well, of medicine in uh, there? Is it cheaper or more expensive? Is it, of, of, of course, compared with the currency, uh, it becomes quite uh, cheaper here <laughs> compared to okay, so. uh, South. Okay, so no involvement in, in politics. 
for you uh, um, maybe i can i mean that's that's like partially joke partially true um i have uh for example i work with university of nicosia and supporting the master's student there as a supervisor so i always use my um roles beyond my uh, identity uh, or you know, whether i'm turkish turkish cypriots i'm a pharmacist i'm a kite surfer i'm a supervisor i use these roles to make connections that's how i lived for i mean since i started my profession and i'll continue to do that and then i think that's more social involvement in politics from a different point of view if I make connections, I want to be in this island. Uh, I don't want to be isolated in one part of the island. So I'm trying to break the status quo with the things that I know very well. And that's pharmacy, that's uh, sports, anything that is involving these topics. I'll use my competencies to make something good for this island. That's how I put it. Mm -hmm. I see, Andrea knows are you going to be involved in politics more? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am involved in politics. I have served as the president of the Youth Parliament in Cyprus. I'm the secretary general of the Young Greens. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I believe that uh, it is one of my missions. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to teach the academic and I want to, mm -hmm. to you know, help mm -hmm. <laughs> to change the, the political environment in, mm -hmm. in Cyprus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, first of all, Nihan, thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank it you. was great to have you. Of course, I would prefer if you were here, if uh, someone did not mix up the dates. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the scheduling that we did, but um, I'm sure that we will uh, get together here sometime in the next few weeks. Um, sure. we, we did have some technical problems for this podcast, but we managed to overcome them. So this shows some determination. Very <laughs> <laughs> essential. Yes. And, uh, uh, do, do you enjoy Greek uh, and Cypriot food? Not Greek, Cypriot food. What What's your favorite? Well, uh, I like any tavernas or like me mezes or kebabs, anything <laughs> that, that is very similar to us. I always uh, enjoy any type of Cypriot food. And I mm -hmm. think my favorite is uh, Sheftalia. Sheftalia, yes. That's my favorite. Was Janos in your crew as well? Janos Mikhail? Yeah. No. Okay, Yano sent a message that not just sports between us, we have no differences, just we need to get rid of all politicians that <laughs> <laughs> dealing with the issue. Anyway, I would like yeah. to thank uh, both of you, thank all the participants that sent messages. Um, we are very sorry for the uh, interruptions. I will try to connect the dots and upload uh, the episode again tomorrow. Meanwhile, you can view it on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter uh, after we end uh, this live broadcast. Um, Mihan, thank you so much again. I hope to see you in person. Say hello to everybody there. I hope you are, uh, everything is fine. Andrianos, thank you. the same with you. And I mean, this is what I have asked many Turkish Cypriots in the past for a podcast. It was not possible to do it. You are the oh. first one. So, wow. That's uh, great. So I hope you. My, my I pleasure. You, you bring me good luck. <laughs> for sure. I have my evil eye here. So, we have luck here. No problem. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you to our viewers and have a good night. Bye-bye.